So we're now live. Live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 101 <laughs> of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And yes, I know this is quite a sudden and extra episode after the 100th episode, but we thought we'd start it off with a nice one, uh, something that me and Sam's wanted to talk about for a while. And yeah. just to bring it back to a little bit of, because Sunday was a lot, um, a lot of people, a lot of emotions. Um, <laughs> so we thought we'd bring it back to a little bit of a karma territory, back to the original duo. Yeah, uh, it's a hostful episode. Yes, and kick off the 101 episode the way we started the podcast, shall we say. That's but, true, <laughs> it is. Just me <laughs> and me. <laughs> yes, yeah. just with Sam's different voice, that's all. We're not saying the, that. My true and authentic <laughs> self. <laughs> Yes. Uh, thank you for everyone who did tune in to the 100th episode on Sunday or have watched it back since. Thank you, because it was it was so special. It was lovely sitting with everyone and seeing faces oh, properly. Didn't get used to it. It's not going to happen again for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say 200, but nah, the way that we want to crank these episodes out, we'll get there quick enough. <laughs> Certainly. Because that's been the nightmare over the last month or so, because there's been so many things and so much content that we've wanted to discuss about, want to like to actually talk about, and especially like when we're starting to find our groove with the podcast and mm-hmm. how it's working, and like if I, even if I say how it looks as well, um, it's been a hard one to like kind of like limit ourselves in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, because we really had to stick to like a tight schedule because we had to organize a day where everyone was free and it was like, right, so that's that day is the 100th episode. So mm-hmm. we can only do... Mm-hmm. has to be the 100th episode falls on this day. So we, we couldn't add extra ones in. Like Clerks 3 came out, God, when was this? Um, about a month ago. I, I think it came out in September cinema-wise, but digitally it came out October. Yeah, and we we couldn't even do that because we were so strict on where we needed to be to get to that 100. And we have been itching to talk about it. (laughs) Very much so. And just because, like, if you've watched previous episodes of the podcast, or even if you watched the first episode where we stole basically the idea from Kevin Smith. Yeah. uh, We love Kevin Smith. um, Big influences and big kind of, like, has a special place in our heart, shall we he say? Inspires Go inspires us. <laughs> yes, that, that's probably the best way to describe it. Like I said, that's why my uh, Sam's the more elegant one and, and I'm the dickhead one. So ah! yeah, I'll, I'll be the first <laughs> to say it. But yes, um, this has been a long time coming where we wanted to talk about this movie because, let's be honest, I know Sam will disagree uh, with me. Kevin's last few films haven't hit the mark from being... I can understand mm-hmm. where it comes from, but personally, like reboot, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was it's just you I just I could tell what he was trying to do with it and I was just on the I was just on the journey. Like I didn't give I wasn't I wasn't there for storyline. I wasn't there <laughs> I wasn't there for how particularly good he's right because Kevin's writing is always good. Mm-hmm. I, I'll argue with anyone to say that he can't write, um, no. but I can mm-hmm. see it was a bit of a clusterfuck. <laughs> to, 
photography is the lot his strongest point, but writing is that's it, shall we say? But um, but yes. So I'll let Sam get a disclaimer out of the way yes. before we start giving our opinion. And Lee, I, so you, you basically he's just mentioned in the chat that he's electronics nearly blue, and he wasn't even meant to be here today. Oh uh, my gosh! Uh, it started already. Yes. <laughs> so everything. Everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you would like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. Uh, what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun. Keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism. Well said, well said. And she did it without any paperwork on Sunday as well. She was all from her mind that, because so. I, I know it off by heart now. <laughs> to be fair, and she was wearing pants on Sunday as well. That, had yeah. no choice. <laughs> well, she had a choice. It was just probably the right one. Yes, I was in a room with Grant. So, we, yes, I made, we, I made good choices. And we didn't want to be flooded, so yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of this film... Because we've not had a proper chance to get it, because we've had guests on where we've, you know, we just want to get into it. How are you doing? I'm not bad. Feeling old, but not too bad. <laughs> haven't not quite qu- reached it yet. <laughs> not quite, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling it every single day, every single second, the impending march to doom. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I am pretty good now that I officially own Nerdy Up North. So, yes, I am the Lord, Master and Saviour of of that name <laughs> so thank you guys for everyone who chipped in and made that a really special present i might not have shown it on the podcast <laughs> you're really taken aback you really do you know what though mm-hmm. what just just a spoiler of the day it wasn't meant to happen that way <laughs> what was meant to happen was mm-hmm. just before you said same bad time same bad channel we were all going to stop you and go no <laughs> and that's when it was going to be done. So when Nick came out, I'm like, what? <laughs> you can see my face change going, it's not now. But okay, you're here. We'll, we'll roll with it. <laughs> so it was like a pre, like a goodwill type of early early comments. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yes. But is there anything you've been watching, anything you've seen, anything over the last, because God, I haven't done this for a couple of weeks now. Um, Cabinets of Curiosity was a bit of a uh, up and down experience. Some episodes were absolutely brilliant, and some were a little bit just lackluster. But it was quite good. But I, I, it was pretty much what I expected from Del Toro. Yeah. Um, with like say the storytelling and the caliber of actors in, it was brilliant. Well worth a watch on Netflix. Uh, I did go and see Black Panther: uh, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, a long film, but it's probably the since Shang Chi, the best Marvel film we've had uh, this since since uh, after Endgame or after yeah. No Way Home. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. A few little surprises, but didn't overwhelm you with the surprises. But mm-hmm. it, it played out pretty much from A to B. It wasn't anything like complicated. Um, yeah. And did, was just didn't fun. try and reinvent the wheel on it. No, no, but it was just like a film about loss and sadness, uh, which we could all relate to. So that was, like I say, one of the things that I've watched recently. Um, 
other than that, it's been binge watching Naked and Afraid, which is basically like I'm a celebrity, but where people can actually die. <laughs> oh God, right, okay. Um, I haven't seen Black Panther, and it is purely just getting to see mm. Black Panther. I'm for the first time in my life, I'm actually busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I actually have a bit of a social life at the moment. Um, so just trying to fit it in is a bit of a mare. Um, what about? That's this. Ah, this I just remembered what I am watching. Me and my husband <laughs> mm-hmm. started Frasier. Very good. Took you yes. long enough. It did. It did. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of it because my mom and sister are and dad are huge, huge fans of it. Like mm-hmm. my mom actually said on Saturday she could come on and do a podcast about Frasier. <laughs> I said <laughs> you shouldn't make them kind of you know requests. Just sit back in the chair, Sammy's mum. I'll take you through it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're um we've just started running obviously just on the first series. Um and got to meet BB for the first time mm-hmm. last night, which was just magical. <laughs> but we are loving it. Like even from like the first like in the first series, we are belly laughing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that is a gradual build up. We are pissing our pants laughing. Every time he says I'm listening. And oh, like just starts better laughing. It's such a clever comedy as well. Like I absolutely adore Frasier. Like it's got levels which most sitcoms don't have, mm. and the dynamics between every single character is so well thought out and so well done. It like and it just gets sillier and sillier, and uh, and Fraser gets more neurotic, and his ego gets out of control at times, which is just brilliant to watch. Uh, and so it's like they're so pretentious and I went I know but it's like pretentious in a good way like it's <laughs> not like it's not terrible it's also Kelsey mm-hmm. Grammer's facial expressions are honestly some of the best things I've ever seen but David Hyde Pierce is probably <gasps> the, the, the shining light throughout from start to finish he his performances in that I mm. don't know how he didn't get more recognition it is oh, just uh-huh. groundbreaking, like every little thing he does. Like he, it's classic comedy, like from uh, stand up on like slapstick to the point mm. of when he's throwing jokes out there. It's just breathtaking and, and effortless as well. So yeah, I, his I, physical I, comedy as someone who you would not expect it from mm-hmm. is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, Lee, I do love Cheers. I'm actually named after a character in Cheers, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a lie. <laughs> but that's like I said, it's just a continuation of of the story as well. And that's how good Cheers was that you could get a spin off from a character that was just a side character at the start. But yeah. I, I love the character episodes when like people from Cheers visit uh, Fraser in uh, Seattle and stuff, which is always entertaining. But that's yes. what we were wondering would actually happen. It, would we see some characters from Cheese? Well, Anthony, like Diane, had, would come into it. But Cheese was such a big part of my like home life because like, there were certain mm. programs that were on, like Cheese, Alvita Saint Pet, and and so on and so on. And I never thought in a million years it would be Fraser Crane who would be the 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 one who got the spin off, and it actually work. Yeah. And, Out of uh, all the characters in that, mm-hmm. he would have never been on my top list. I'm I'm glad we got it as well because I don't think I know they're thinking about bringing it back as well, which um, scares me a little bit. But I'm also yeah. intrigued because I wouldn't mind seeing where Fraser is now 
So I think we'll have a different Frazier. It'll be a more serious and sadder Frazier because he's Martin's not with us any longer. No. Eddie's not here as well. So it'd be interesting to see how he's dealing with that. So again, yeah. the morbid side of me uh, is quite interested in that aspect. It's always the same with me when you go when you want to go and revisit old things. It's like how are these people dealing with this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So Frasier is what I'm watching now because we've we've watched Always Sunny to death. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I'm a celeb for mm-hmm. my sins. I am watching I'm a celeb. Jill Scott for the win. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jill Scott or Mike, um, what's his name? I can't think of his surname. Tin- Tindles, Mike, Tindles? Mike Tindall. Yes, him. Because that guy is just as cool, cool as a cucumber. Cool. So, yes. So, are you ready to get down to it and let the tears roll? <laughs> yeah. So, yes. I, I can't guarantee that I'm not going to cry at some point. <laughs> No, that's one of the things why I thought we'd start uh, the episode in black and white as well, in just like a little bit of homage to uh, the original clerks. I can't remember now because I know it was like a month ago that I seen it. This one doesn't start in black and white like no. Clerks 2, does it? No, because Clerks no. 2 does, then the colour comes out when everything's on fire. Um, it's when but... he lifts the, yeah, he lifts the black, the shade up, it's on fire, mm. and then puts it, and it's when he puts it down, I think it changes into colour mm. or something along those lines. It's very clever how it changes to colour. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that, we're back to colour, so that's fine. <laughs> oh. So yes, um, this movie, because as I said before, before we did the disclaimer and everything, I was terrified of this movie coming out just because I adore Clerks and Clerks too, and I didn't know how they would tell the mm. story or where they would go with this story. But I thought as an ending, because it is a definite ending to the clerk story, yeah. um, it couldn't have been pierced or wrought more perfect. His writing in this in this film is mm-hmm. something you can tell he's taken his time with. Mm-hmm. He's been very clever about it. Mm-hmm. He's got a... And I said in... Because I did a little mini post on Instagram, the love and devotion to these people was mm-hmm. just pouring through that script. Mm-hmm. He honestly, it, if anything, the, the writing is some of the best he's ever done. And I like the switch up as well on this as well, because Clerks 1 and 2 are very much Dante's story. Yeah. This one, it is still Dante is uh, like, well, it's Dante's final act. Uh, if we're going to put it that way, there's a third act. But the way it's Randall's story at the same time, so it kind of flips it on you. You think, oh, yeah. this is going to be all about Randall with everything that's going on and how it plays out. Yeah. But I didn't expect to be hit as hard as I as as I was <laughs> with this movie. Not at all. <laughs> no. um, let's just say it right now. If you've not seen this film, why are you watching? Why are you listening? Because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Yes. Um, I think I cried at quite two points in this movie, like absolutely massively. Um, the ending broke us. Uh, like, see, I, I think I texted you straight afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had to watch it like within an hour after me seeing it. Yeah. And all I got was a photograph of your uh, face, just a mess. <laughs> I was absolute. I was distraught. Like mm-hmm. you'd think I'd just lost a family member the way I went on. I mm-hmm. even, I, when I went in the bedroom to go and, uh, and computer room to go and tell him 
about the film. I'm just, <laughs> and I could not get anything out. But, and then I had to pull myself together because we were doing the podcast at half seven. And then even at that point, I was still an emotional wreck. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, yeah, I cried. I cried twice, probably twice, probably at the same points as well. Mm-hmm. But because like with reboot, it was basically retelling the same story, but in its own different way. Um, with this, it was pretty much basically um, telling the Kevin Smith story, if that makes yeah. sense. So, it really but was, it, yeah. it was basically different points of his life. Uh, basically, Kevin Smith making a movie about clerks was about him working as clerks. So that that what happened and. Like it kind of got his life flipped round, if that makes sense. I yeah. hope I'm making sense with this. No, so, well, yeah. So with reboot and everything else that he's done, that's just out of the stone of mind of Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. especially Tusk. Um, but when it comes to Clerks, mm-hmm. it's it's his life. It's he he did a film based upon an experience that he had. He felt that the experience he had as a clerk with Brian Johnson was good enough to put into a script and create these characters and and it's all, it's so personal to him Mm -hmm. that I think that's where you were going with it. (laughs) Yes, no, no, that's great. And you could, you could actually feel it through there as well. And like, we all get like that and get like certain feelings. Like, especially doing this project that we've been doing now, like, it's kind of like, what have I been doing for the life before me? Like, why have I been sitting around and not doing this? Um, yeah. not saying that, like, say any to the level of like Kevin Smith or anything like that, but how Randall must have felt having that heart attack that kind of jolted him into like existence and thing. Right, I've talked about movies for so long. Mm-hmm. Why don't I make a movie? And yeah. that that was I, well, I didn't have to have a heart attack. We didn't have a heart attack. It was kind of like no, the we just had a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we had a pandemic that will, and that's such a lovely way of putting it. Actually, willed into existence, like because mm-hmm. you do get to a certain, like, certain point where, like, before we did the podcast, what were we really doing? Going to work, coming home, repeat. You mm-hmm. know, it was rinse, repeat. And now we've got, like, we've got this going on, and we we've, we've got mm-hmm. friends out of it where we can arrange to do things. Do you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. that. It really did will us into an existence. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's probably why this like movie hit home as much as as it did because mm-hmm. I can I, I can look back at Clerks like from the start and like say know what time of life I was is when I first watched that movie. Watch Mallrats and reminds us of being like a teenager. Well, not a teenager, uh, like maybe nineteen twenties hanging about with arseholes like yourself. Um, <laughs> doing stupid, that's doing, true. Doing stupid, doing stupid stuff. And then, like, say when Clerks 2 came out, that, that, again, I, I didn't relate to Clerks 2 more. No, I mean, because it, it was more just, like, out-out laugh fest because, like, it was stupid. Like, we introduced characters like Elias that just <sighs> blew me head off and, like, pillow pants, like, and, like, the, the argument about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and having them elements brought in. Just Kinky Kelly. Kinky Kelly understood. Um, <laughs> like, everyone wanted to see a doggy show. Like, that solidified, like, kind of the ending to me where I was like, oh, there's, there's nowhere emotionally they can take this. It's it's a funny film, but it's not yeah. emotionally. It's not an emotional attachment. Like, Clerks, I don't feel an emotional attachment to it. I can understand mm-hmm. 
I can understand the relevance at the time. Like mm-hmm. this was groundbreaking movie making for the fact that it was done on such a small budget. Mm-hmm. The characters in it are like easy to get on board with. And I can understand that clerks too. It was just funny. Mm-hmm. It was just Kevin Smith, ha ha funny film. Nothing really emotionally ground into it, but then clerks three fucking flipped the switch, <laughs> changed the script and made me fucking cry. Well, it didn't just make you cry. It makes you like think like, in yourself as well, because yeah. it, it made you think, what like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Uh, how can we make things better? And and are you doing things that's affecting the relationships you've got as well? Because that's where Randall like goes on this journey where he gets so self obsessed and about it that he kind of alienates everyone that mm. he loves and kind of loves him. And even though. Every experience you get with Randall, he's a dick, but he's a lovable dick, and we've all got friends that are like Randall. Fuck it, I'm probably like Randall to you guys, so. (laughs) Just say that. Definitely a donkey. But, and how they brought back, like, the original cast, I know one thing about Kevin is he is very loyal uh, to the people who he works with, and he'll always, like, say, try and get aspects where they'll bring certain things on, even, like, the funniest scene in the film is when the auditioning people for the mm-hmm. cast and they've got like Affleck in there and Affleck was just fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, the guy who plays um, Superboy and, and, and Supergirl and the Supergirl yeah, was in there. Uh, Benoit was uh, in there. In a, yeah. Um, and them different aspects were just absolutely hilarious and, and on point for the humour that was because this was a comedy but it was a very, very dark comedy. And but they always kept the light in it, like Elias from the second one, his return, and bringing it to the ways that you weren't expecting, like from the first one being so, like such a religious zealot and like uh, like they use the term God botherer extremely well, um, to the point where he thinks he's busy, um, first, uh, like Mr. Randall, <laughs> uh, into having a heart attack. <laughs> And then he prays to Satan to save him because uh, God wasn't helping. No. Uh, so then becomes a full-on Satanist, and every look changing from every scene. And and, and you told us as well it was um, uh, Kevin Smith's daughter's Haley's boyfriend that was playing his partner. Yeah, in the crime. guy who played um, his little sidekick is Harley Quinn Smith's um, boyfriend, who's mm-hmm. done. If you're a fan of Kevin uh, and yeah. all of his many podcasts that he does, he does a lot with his. I would say future son-in-law because them two are just so fucking adorable together. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a, Aston, can't think of his set. Aston ZR. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Elias's costume changing. And it wasn't just mm-hmm. now and again, every, every single sing- time he came, every single time he came on the screen, he had a brand new costume on. And I love the fact that it was Randall's experience. Of that heart attack that broke him. <laughs> <laughs> that he thought God wasn't saving him, so the Satan was going to do the same. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was some of the highlights of, for me that I wasn't expecting. The things that hit heart, home hard uh, were like the big hitters, like this when Randall had his heart attack and then seeing Dante freak out in the hospital. Mm. And you're thinking, what's going on here? And, and we have to admit, Rosemary Dawson's character wasn't mentioned at all. Like at the start as well, no, and even no. though Becky was in promotional stuff, what she was in the trailer, so you're thinking, where's Becky? Mm-hmm. And then when you find out, 
and it's just mm-hmm. devastating. It's like heartbreaking. I generally thought they just broke up. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's what Dante does. Dante, you know, his relationships are terrible. And mm-hmm. I just assumed that he, they just broke up. But to then find out actually not long after the, it's literally, so what I read, mm-hmm. when you see them getting the keys for the, for quick stop and she's pregnant, it's the car journey home after that, Becky dies. Yeah. They Which... he actually, like, I never thought in a million years that Kevin Smith would go down that route of mm-hmm. of death. But like, you can really see how much his heart attack is. And Lee has pointed this out: how much his heart attack has affected mm-hmm. him. Yeah, because it... you would never have a main a main character die in a Kevin Smith film. Well, he didn't have the balls to do it. Like originally, he wanted to kill Dauntley and uh, Clerks, and he, he couldn't do it. And they even made reference and joked about it in this yeah. movie, which was hilariously done. Where like, like Dante walks in and and there's a gunman pointing at the camera. He's like, "What the fuck's going on here?" He's like, "Oh, we're just trying to find something out, seeing how it works." And he's like, "You're not killing us off in the third act. What happens if there's a fucking sequel?" <laughs> yeah, the, the the original ending of Clerks was going to be the the end of Dante, and apparently he he wasn't too sure. Scott Moser wasn't too sure, mm-hmm. and the the um the studio didn't like it. Too grim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too grim, but. Got his fucking wish this time, didn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, and the way they killed him off as well, because um, it, uh, it was sad in a way that he knew that something was going to break him, and it was the fact that Don is just pushing, and I mean, Randall's just pushing and pushing and pushing, being Randall, being mm-hmm. the guy he's always been, and thinking he's better than everyone else. When he came to the realization of, uh, like all the shit and everything that had basically come and gone. Um, and he thought about the movie as well. And he was like, fuck, that's why he freaked out in the hospital. Like, not, like say again, I might have cried more times than Sula twice. Let's be honest, that's what kind of got to me as well, mm-hmm. is that aspect when he started like kind of like, going there and freaking out. Uh, it kind of, the realisation on that, on Randall, that, that then I know... With the Kevin Smith's films, nobody's ever going to win an Oscar or get rewards or get plaudits for the acting. But fuck me, that felt real. That yeah. that touched me in like in ways that probably Goodwill yeah. hasn't either. <laughs> Brian O'Halloran is such an underrated actor because his delivery of even from going Randall from Randall being in hospital and how he reacted to that to the fucking blowout that eventually causes. His heart attack. Mm-hmm. There's like he, he just he took you through such an emotional fucking ringer. Like he mm-hmm. really, really did. But Lee, just to mention the impractical jokers are in that scene because of Brian Quinn. Brian Quinn worked or used to work for Kevin back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that's how he knows Brian Johnson and how he does tell him Steve Dave. Mm-hmm. I what I was actually gonna mention the fact that the impractical jokers were in the um audition scene, but it is just due to the fact that Brian Quinn once went to Kevin Smith. I want to work for you. And Kevin went, what do you want to do? And he went, I'll do anything. And he was like, go and beat that guy up. And fucking Brian Quinn beat a guy up. And that's how <laughs> their working relationship started. <laughs> oh, damn it. But yeah, um, and it, the way that they did the death as well, because like I say, they got Randall to watch, uh, Randall and Donnie to watch the movie. And that's when Donnie kind of let go. 
and yeah. he's, and you see him sitting in the in the cinema with Becky. Because <gasps> if you ever listen to like say any like Kevin Smith's like stand up or when he does like a a Q and A Q&A or a question with Kevin Smith, when he talks about like his happiest times, it's always been talking about like sitting there in the cinema with his dad. And his dad just take him to the cinema. Yeah. His dad, I'd say, is it just a normal working class guy? I think he used to be a postman. If if you yeah, remember, he, he, he was. He was a postman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he, I and did he, that recently I, at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, and he always says that when he passes, that his happy place would be going to the cinema with his dad. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where, where he expects to meet his dad. Yeah, and that's what that scene took us as well, because with Kevin being so close to realizing that moment because with his heart attack being a, a serious one like i've that realization that everything he's that kevin had put in this movie was from his like it was like basically a, a love letter to his life yeah. if that makes sense and oh. it was just so poetically and beautifully done mm-hmm. that it, it, i just don't have the words to say like how much that like, i felt that moment yeah You've got. I think with this film, you have to understand and be a fan of Kevin. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, some things are just really are going to go over your head. But mm-hmm. the fact that the conversations that um, Dante has with Becky at a graveyard, and like when she he sees her, I can instantly think that that's how Kevin has managed mm-hmm. to because his dad's his dad losing his dad was huge for him, and it was very unexpected as well. Um, and I just imagine that. That he has had these conversations, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I just saw so much of what I think this man is mm-hmm. in this film. Like yeah. it just reaffirmed what I believe I know about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say something about the end, and no, I've totally forgotten. I'll come back. I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come but this film as well, being a Kevin Smith film, was full of cameos. Like all the cameos, <laughs> like people he's worked with. Like I was crying laughing at Justin Long's cameo when he was in when Randall's in <sighs> hospital. And they're talking about shaving his nuts and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, he's, they're going to go in through there. It's like, why are you going to go into that? And like the whole awkward likeness. And I, I don't know why, but they made him do like this weird accent as well. So Because it's I, just I, Justin Long. Like if you watch him in Zack and Miru make a porno, he mm-hmm. can't help but do accents. I mean, even believe he did one in Tusk. I don't think he talked properly in Tusk either. That is such a good film, by the way. <laughs> but honestly, like they're one of the highlights. But um, even bringing back uh, what's what's her name again? I can't pronounce her surname. But uh, Veronica from the oh, first. Oh, Veronica. Like, uh, um, um, Mar- uh, Marilyn Gialetti. 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 But bringing her Marilyn. But bringing her back in the way they did was just a fun little like essence, and having her been so angry, saying, "This is my life. I don't want it to be on screen." But just realizing that she was just having a bad time. Yeah, and, that, and see, having a conversation with Dante in the in the car, kind of reliving that like kind of soft moment, but then just finishing off with saying "what a fuck." <laughs> yeah, it, it was lovely, and the fact that Walt Flanagan got to do the Eggman, yes, like, that was fantastic. And also, they dedicated the whole film to Lisa Spoonier. Who was Caitlin Bree in Clerks? She passed away. Yeah, so, yeah so not, um, so not, not too long after Clerks, I think. I don't think. 2017. All right, so it was a it bit. 2017, yeah. So he, I think you've got to think how long he's had Clerks three on the table for. Because mm-hmm. it's, I know he's, I know the script has changed since mm-hmm. his heart attack, but I'm sure, I'm sure he's been talking about doing this for a long time. 
It's made some changes because I know originally you want to do Clerk, I mean, more rats too, but I think um, with what you call now, Shannon, Shannon Doherty becoming get going ill, that kind of put paves that that to stop. Yeah, because um, it's all about doing Stan it. Lee as well, and he was a major part of that. Yeah, and they're going to do like a TV show for more rats for a little while. Um, but I know when uh, he had his heart attack, he pretty much rewrote this movie completely mm-hmm. from start to finish um, from what he wanted and how it was going to play out. But I, as I said, the elements in this, um, which kind of surprised us, it was rehashing a lot of clerks and showing like how they did things or what, like, like how what went into it was just hilarious. Like, and I, I was there for, for it all. Yeah. But, the use of colour in this as well, because I don't oh, think yeah. um, Kevin gets a lot of credit. I, I, I made the joke earlier for his film, uh, photography skills, uh, filmatography, sorry. Um, he's never been one for like the best shots or anything yeah. to, to be positioned right. It's all long, stayed in one one shot and things don't really progress much. But the colours in this as well like was used in a way that it made it say, vibrant, different, yeah. Um, even it didn't like, feel like a clerk's film. No, it, it felt like it was produced with some money. So <laughs> yeah, it did. yeah, absolutely. And um, there is one person who I want to talk about who absolutely made me belly laugh to the point where I nearly fell out of bed. Uh, yeah. Jason, Jason Muse, <laughs> the the Jason Muse. There is one scene in that film where he. And it's it's such a throwaway line when they're yeah. outside and he comes out and tells them to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucking serious. And it just had me in absolute stitches. Jason didn't... Uh, do you know what? For once, it, it felt like Jason wasn't trying to um, take over. Mm-hmm. He was very subdued as mm-hmm. Jay. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible. No, no. I thought it's like him and Silent Bob... Well, like say, they, they always play a not big so part much in. Silent Bob. The fucker yeah. talked quite a bit. <laughs> well, I think if you see Kevin wanted to put his stamp on it as well, but uh, uh, Jason Mewes like went back a little bit to Jay in the original Clerks yeah. and kind of forgot about like what's like happened before or after, um, like with everything that's gone on in his life, and he just seemed to be having fun, yeah. and that's what the big thing and like with how somber and like everything in this movie this was a fun movie i know we're talking at saying we cried a lot and stuff oh god but, yeah absolutely but, it was hilarious but like, for all the right reasons but even the jokes like when um doing the shot in the video store and the and the woman's coming in to, to ask about the, t- <laughs> the difference of it and they do different takes and like she does different accents and like and how they played out. It was just hilarious because that was one of my favourite scenes in Clerks. It just felt so natural, but having it done it in an unnatural way was just absolutely hilarious. It's the fact that they were running a weed store, but yet generally believe they were running a VHS store. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and like as you said, with all the like in jokes or little cameos that played in, like the milkmaids were there. Um, Having the cat shit in the litter box as well yeah. again, that was just absolutely hilarious. Uh, having the guy coming in talk about uh, like cigarettes. The and cigarette being, guy, like, yes. Yeah. And yes. 
And then the guy who's I said, "Oh, yeah, I I fucked Caitlin, but uh, I went at high school. I was the guy. Oh, you're the guy that like did." And then they talk about like uh, stereotypical act, like saying whitewashing and acting uh, in the movies and stuff like that. It was like you can't use that term. You can't. Why has it got to be an Asian designer? That's just racist. And it was like it's not. It's just it's it's, it's a sign just, of the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so. It was so funny, and yeah, there's a lot of callbacks to it. And um, mm. it was just it was such a breath of fresh air for this film it really was it for all it was an absolute emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. it was it was just so fucking clever mm-hmm. like yeah. massively cleverly done and i'm like i will never shit on a kevin smith film ever i mm-hmm. will die on the hill for reboot but <laughs> i can understand where people come from i get it, it he's not for everyone mm-hmm. you cannot fucking say that about this film no like you it is for it is it it, it it I just hope this is where Kevin goes in writing takes his time. Mm. I think that that's got to be like the question is what comes next because this must must be a mega high. I know Kevin Smith films don't always get the highest ratings or make the mega biggest money, but for a small portion of uh, people of obviously our age range. The main the fucking world because, like I said, these were our like grown up films. These are what where we made friends and related to, yeah. and had them a type of aspects. I, again, I don't know what it's like in America, but I know in the UK there is a lot of love for Kevin Smith. Um, and again, I felt heartily sorry for Mark uh, Bermardin as well. It must be shit being his mate because he keeps getting them in the films, but doesn't allow him to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I love that idea though. <laughs> I just think when it comes to Kevin, because he is what now, 50, 51, 52? Oh, yeah, I'll have a look. Wait, look. I'm sure he's just celebrated. He cel- his birthday is in August. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, where so, are you, Kevin Smith, on my Wikipedia? 1970. He is 52. 52. And for a 52 year old who still celebrates everything that he loves from his childhood, mm-hmm. it just gives me as a 39 year old woman validation mm-hmm. that that's okay that he <laughs> validates everything because there is times where i'm like i'm ready should i start growing oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he bought a transformer today yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no it's like so certain parts of my life i'm like should i grow up should i you know do i need to change this do i need to change that and then i just Put something of Kevin Smith's on. It can be honestly, it can be one of his Q and A's, his films, his podcasts. You know, the, the bloke does a lot. Um, mm. even just going onto his Instagram page, and I'm like, no, it's okay. I don't have to conform to anyone because Kevin Smith said it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> now, it's okay I, to, to I, I do hold are. him in high regard for that. Yeah, and that's why it's, it's we always do relate to these films. And again, I know your. Like a little bit, shall we say, um, rose tinted glasses when it comes to certain movies, shall we say? And I, I, but <laughs> other than the, like the the two minute cameo of Ben Affleck in reboot, um, it, it left me a little bit. The taste a little bit was taken out of my mouth. This kind of I like, loved it. I loved the end as well. I was like, yes, this is so fucking metal. <laughs> But yes, but this one kind of didn't do that, and it wasn't, as I said, not a disappointment. Nothing that you, I, you were never left thinking, "What if?" If that was the, th- uh, yeah, the big thing. No, this was an indefinite ending mm-hmm. to this and, franchise. 
and to this film series. And it took massive risks as well, because mm-hmm. that's one of the things I think Kevin Smith does, again, get criticised for with a lot of his few ass few movies. Not the ones like like out there, like Red State and Tusk. They were getting risks in their own right. But with characters that people hold like dear to and um, and kind of gravitate towards, he took a massive risk with this movie because the decisions he made can't go back. No, you can't. Um, it's not a Marvel film. No, we can't. You know, it's not a, a superhero film. We can't mm-hmm. resurrect people. We can't. You know, they are. It's gone. They are mm-hmm. gone. And it was such a a bold choice to do. I don't, and, and quite honestly, I don't know if I would have been the same reaction if it was Randall who died. I mm-hmm. don't think that, I, I thought I would have been upset still, but Dante is like such a pinnacle of these films that that mm-hmm. hit hard. <laughs> yeah. And again, as, uh, you probably hit the nail on the head. If Randall had died or if something had happened to the friendship where there was no return, because that's what I was aiming for, yeah. it, w- it wouldn't have had as much closure. With Dante dying, it kind of like takes away the dynamic of that friendship because it yeah. makes Randall kind of have to be accountable for himself now. Yeah. He can't just blame him. I know now he's got Elias. Elias. <laughs> and um, like I say, the whole subplot of them selling that uh uh, was it the digital image? Uh, that oh, went, the, like, yeah, it was a, was it Buddy Christ or something? It was, it was Buddy, Buddy like Christ a, on a kite. Yeah, with other, like, because I like, see all these, like, images now you can sell, like, bitcoins and stuff. Yeah. So he, he made, like, a million pound off it. So he invested in the store um, to get off. Oh, that's uh, right. Because the Dante made the ultimate sacrifice, he mm-hmm. financed the movie. By selling his share to his ex girlfriend. Yes, who's Kevin's uh, lovely wife as well. Jennifer Schwalbach. Uh, yes, he said it better than I could. <laughs> but um, that whole, like, giving us that little element in closure and then having Elias always being a kind of equal now and not like an yeah. underling, that, that was a nice little touch. And again, finishing off them touches. But I. Again, might be a little bit selfish here and thinking I don't want Kevin Smith to direct many more movies after this one. I wouldn't mind him writing for other people and mm-hmm. giving like stories to tell. And like as he's doing now with the Masters of the Universe, build them like uh, franchises up. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want the view ask you now to be put to bed and think because yeah. they. I, there's anything that they do after this in this universe, because even if they do like another Jane Silent Bob, another Mall Rats, a, a sequel to Chase and Amy, mm-hmm. it's not going to have the same effect and not the same feeling. Where this is like, it started with Clerks, it ends with Clerks. Yes. It it's, gives us closure. And that, I think to me, um, not many franchises or movies, as we're finding out with the Marvel Universe now, gives you that closure. Yeah. I t- I 100% agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. It starts with clerks, it ends with clerks. That Let's put it to bed. Ke- like, Kevin has so much to offer with his writing ability. Like yeah, you said, Masters of the Universe was fucking tremendous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's Kevin all over. He's just so fucking good at writing dialogue. He really is. Um, Not much for the fighty comic- fighty. <laughs> his comic books writing as well. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see him go back to comic book writing. I doubt that he would, but mm-hmm. I'd love to see it because he is such a good writer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it helps that he can talk. You fucking 
a glass of night to sleep, like. <laughs> yes, I, I, like, that's why I've said I would love to get him on this podcast, but we wouldn't probably get a word in to say it. <laughs> no. So Thought Bubble, um, when it was done digitally, when we're in the when we're in the middle of the pandemic and everything was done, they did the convention digitally. Mm-hmm. They got Kevin Smith on, mm-hmm. who Alaska interviewed him, barely said a word. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, she's like, she looks terrified mm-hmm. because she's she's sitting in her bedroom staring at Kevin Smith. Most likely, that is terrifying, but she never said a goddamn word. <laughs> but I'm I'm currently halfway through his talk with George George R R Martin mm-hmm. that he did recently. And Kevin has not said a word. All right. Because <laughs> there's somebody who can talk more than Kevin. <laughs> but that's the thing, because the, the problem is with, with Kevin now is by, if you got an interview with him, there's every question that's been asked, he's probably answered a million times. So it kind of just would be just asking him to talk whatever he wants to talk now. Yeah. Just, just, tell, it, just, just tell us about you, Kevin. How are you doing? <laughs> You tell him Steve did. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, as a whole, it's not a perfect movie. Visually, mm-hmm. and like I say, as, as you say, it, it tells a story. Um, it, it has lulls. It, it, there's bits where, like as you said, there's predictable bits. There's things that yeah. you expect. Um, it's it's a Kevin Smith movie, so it's always got to have the vulgarity and the dick and fart jokes, which, again, I'm always there for. It's oh, not yeah. always for everyone. But, I'd be devastated if you never put them in. I'd be fucking yeah. turning it off. But if you're going to give this a rating out of five, because you know I like me five ratings, um, what would you rate it? Five. Honestly, you would give Honestly, it a five. Five. Mm-hmm. Five. It's one of my favourite movies of the year mm-hmm. um, because I just wasn't, I, I was not expecting it. I mm. was expecting to love it because it's yeah. Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting to have such an emotional breakdown that mm-hmm. I did that it affected us days later like mm-hmm. it still affected us days later mm-hmm. and to me that was how I felt after I watched Tusk actually not emotionally mm-hmm. but just more thought provokingly it had mm-hmm. me thinking for about a week and a bit afterwards like not just what the fuck have I just watched just <laughs> the <laughs> there was probably that aspect to it as well the, but still. The, <laughs> psych- the, the psychological part of it it just had me thinking for a week and that's why I mm-hmm. love that movie as much as I did and why I love this one because if something can affect us that way for a long time afterwards, then mm-hmm. it, it, as as entertainment, mm-hmm. it did its job. That's I love that aspect of, to it as well because the amount of movies we do watch, well, probably not Sam. Um, ah. <laughs> um, none of them kind of like leaves an effect and like you're not really thinking about them. There's, there's certain ones that do jump to mind, like Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the others off the top of my head. Um, like recently, there's not been many recently other yeah. than Clerks Through that's left, left an impression where you were still thinking about it or thinking about aspects of it years later. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, I, I could never give it a, a, a five out of five because there, there is no perfect movie other than Back to the Future, which we'll be talking about this uh, Monday. Uh, but um, I would say it was a close to it for me, but that was probably on a personal level rather than like, say, someone will probably watch that movie and say it was a load of garbage because yeah. uh, they don't get the same resonate uh, thing. So me, it'll probably be a four, 4.5. Cause that's again, a good score. That's that's pretty decent score. Maybe not, 
Yeah, because there's not many movies, like, as you said, you can watch and think that impacted me. Yeah. And this one really did. Um, might be because of, like, the personal relationship we hold with the people involved. Well, personal is a, is a strong word. Like, no, the, but it the is. Nostalgia. Like, the, it, it is when it comes to my household because I, my husband is a big, he's a Patreon of Tell Him Steve Dave. Mm-hmm. And we, they are in our house. We actually, on Christmas Eve, when we're sitting wrapping presents sometimes, we will have the Tell Him Steve Dave Christmas special on in the background. <laughs> like that is a little bit of a tradition of ours. Mm-hmm. His presence of his world is very much living in my home. Yeah. All the fucking time. And I think we should praise them when they do something. I know it sounds like almost a little bit patronizing. Do something right. Um, and it's, it's a hard sell to be, to say that. Um, I know I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the words where it's not patronizing or like anything like that, but there's so many when you watch a movie that you've got that anticipation for it's so easy to feel let down mm. it, we, this movie didn't let us down no in really one didn't. aspect and that's that's a special feeling as well when it comes to it i think a lot of films do fuck up that way yeah i had a, um i think i had like kind of a proud moment like a really like mm-hmm. i felt proud of kevin for once knowing that he wasn't going to get shit for this. Yeah. Because there's a lot of films that you could really shit upon when it comes to Kevin, which is, mm. which you will never find coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But they can, people can literally rip them to pieces. And there's, I don't think there's, there's nothing they can rip to pieces on this film. So it was like such a proud moment mm-hmm. being a fan of his. And think yeah. because I kept like the whole experience with Kevin is not just he is a movie, you get it. Kevin takes that out on the road. Him and Jason at the moment are still, I think they're still doing the promotional work for this. So mm-hmm. they take it to a theater, watch it with the fans, and then do a QA afterwards. He did it for reboot. Mm-hmm. And this is basically how he makes his money off it. But he that's the thing because he, he refused. Yeah, because he refuses to let a studio own his movies now. So I think it, because of what happened with Mallrats, because he still doesn't quite own it. Wasn't it Dogma? Or Mallrats as well. Yeah, because because you can't can't you get because you can't get a copy of Dogma on Blu-ray or, or mm. like, anything like that. Um, yeah, it's something Dogma. that Miramax did mm-hmm. that he will never ever happen again. Yeah, and that's the good thing, really. <laughs> Certainly, the only bad thing is, is like, say, this movie was so hard to see in the UK. Um, I got a very limited cinema release where it was basically, especially being in the northeast of England, I think the closest uh, pictures that were shown it was either uh, Middlesbrough or Leeds. Oh, I'm not going there. Yeah, Goodwill's in I, Middlesbrough. So I'm yeah. not going to Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he has to come to us if he wants to see us. <laughs> and he's in his snot green car. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> and he's Kermit the Frog in the back seat. Oh, I have just told everyone what Goodwill's car has in the back seat so they can easily find it. And do you know what the hilarious part is? Goodwill is here. He just can't hear us because he's got us on mute. <laughs> God damn him. But yes, um, there's a lot to take from this movie in in ways that I think each person who watches it will have who's, who's got like a love of Kevin's films 
will take different things from the movie. So um, what did you take away from it? Um, the probably the thing that hit home is where they're not wasting. And yeah. again, is just step up what we are doing now and like say keep pushing that because for what we've got, like say everything that we've kind of accomplished so far, again, six and a half thousand people in the group, over 1,100 subscribers on YouTube. Um, like I said, just about to set up a Patreon, like, and, and so on. Um, hitting a hundred episodes, it would be easy just to fall back and think, eh, this is easy now, but it's about pushing on and no, taking this it is further. Like, like I said in one of my posts, like, yeah, we've just done a hundred episodes, but it generally just feels like we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like we've done a hundred episodes. It just feels mm-hmm. like it's just getting started. And yet we've already done so much, <laughs> but there's so okay. much more. True, but I think a lot of the times as well, it's anxiety and fear that do hold Oh, us yeah, we up. are. We're nerds. So the anxiety and social <laughs> aspect of it definitely comes to play. Yeah, but what I was saying there is like the fear kind of holds us back at times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like realizing that anything can take it um, away at times as well. As you said, yeah. uh, like say we are getting older and someone is turning 40 this year, uh, this week. Uh, so. It is like, say, uh, a little bit scary as well, but it's like not to rest and not to say yeah. we've done well. That's yeah. the thing is to pat ourselves on the back. It's it's not that aspect. No. This is, again, this is fun. This is something that we do, uh, like try and have as much fun and with as mm-hmm. well. And sorry, sorry to go all serious as well. Is, um, but it's... Sorry, it's Danny it, Lee who's in. <laughs> it's just to, to make it a fail as special for everyone else as it does for us. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. well, it's we're building community. We talked about this on Sunday. We're trying to build a community that mm-hmm. we can all be incredibly proud of. Um, yeah, Lee, the it. <laughs> sorry, I've just read his second comment. Uh, it did. It made me feel my own mortality as well. And that yes, I do definitely need to start eating salads. <laughs> Not that he said that. He said it about himself. I'm just. I am confirming. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. But the film did make me. Um, Realize life's too short, not to get like really serious about this shit, but life is too short. Mm-hmm. And de- how to deal with grief, loss, acceptance, um, patience. Mm-hmm. It was just, there was Especially a lot. You've got, you've got a lot of patience to deal with me, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the other way around, my friend. <laughs> me and my bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely adore this film and I, I urge anyone. If you can, <clears throat> go and watch it. Yes, and also to watch Orgasmo to see Lee's cameo in Orgasmo. Just You're such a good sport, Lee. <laughs> he deserved it, the twat. <laughs> <laughs> so is that how done about Clerks 3? Yeah. Have we just like gushed a, over it enough? Yeah, a little short episode, which I thought would be quite fun to do. Uh, we will we'll be trying to do more of these and also like a few extra ones for the Patreon when we do go live. Yeah. So this is kind of like a practice run tasters on things to come. So um, I know uh, we were planning on doing an episode on Sunday, but uh, someone has been uh, very uh, selfish and, and, and not taken into the group's mentality and decided to have fun instead. That would be me. I, <laughs> I am, uh, I am calling me, I am coming. I am, I will be traveling back 
from Liverpool and generally don't know if I will make it on time. So Paul has been nice enough to shift everything to Monday so he can enjoy his birthday weekend. Certainly. But that is a good shout as well. If anyone who is listening and is going to uh, Liverpool Comic Con this weekend, Mm -hmm. please, please, this would make my dear go over and make a big deal out of Sam. She'll be sitting <laughs> sitting on a table with Caroline, who is uh, like selling her artwork and guest, guest artist at, at the com. So Sam will be sitting there. Uh, she won't be wearing a Nerdy Up North t-shirt because she doesn't like to promote. Uh, I don't own one. <laughs> see, she doesn't even own a t-shirt. That's what I I'm do, saying. Actually, that's such a lie. I do, I do own one, but it's uh, I sleep in it, so... <laughs> But yes, so please, if you do see Sammy, make a big deal. Say hello. Ask for photos. Uh, try and get photos of her feet as well. See that she's got pictures on it of her with her pants on. Um, yeah, just make sure I'm wearing trousers. That'd be nice. Just remind yeah. us to continuously keep wearing my trousers. Yes. And even ask Sammy to take a video with you to ask you to be on the podcast as well. Uh, all submissions are a welcome. <laughs> I <laughs> <But yes>. die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, Back to the Future is the next one. So, I'm going to watch that again this week. Um, we're not doing the trilogy; we're just doing the first one. So, oh, so, okay. Yes. So, mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I thought we'd leave a trilogy for a later date when we start talking about movie franchises. More content. More content. <laughs> but we're just talking about the original, the first one, um, and like I say, talking about how wonderful and how much uh, of an impact Michael J. Fox is to me as well. So, I might cry during that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, it didn't no. get us as much as I thought it was, would have, because honestly, couldn't could not hold a conversation with anyone after I watched that film. <laughs> Definitely. But yes, um, so again, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, Amazon, whatever the fuck you listen to us, please do listen to us. I know I haven't put the 100th episode up yet, so this, you might get a two for if, <laughs> if you do listen that way. Um, but Yes, um, and again, like I said, I know Jake and Goodwill will probably be twitching some point this time. Um, like I said, please, um, like I said, keep an eye out for the Patreon as well. We are going to have levels, and yes, we are going to have a Goonie level. So uh, that is this other special breed of people. Only Lee Just is there at the moment. Got a lot going on. <laughs> have indeed. And I'm, like I said, trying to keep your marriage together as well. So that's always a good start. Yeah, that's a bonus. <laughs> let's, not yeah. Ha- let's not have any divorces in this uh Mm-hmm. during this podcast please <laughs> yes and I know I didn't end it this way on Sunday but I thought you it was did a nice... not you did <laughs> <laughs> that was a quite a funny way to do it but yes same back time same back channel see you nerdy everyone bye 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 bye, bye Lee